Happy Father's Day to all you dads, and uh, we've got some future dads here in the room, and we've got a lot of uh, guests here today who are fathers and uh, visiting your, your children and your grandchildren. We also have uh, several dads who are out visiting uh, their, uh, their parents as well, and we, uh, we pray that they arrive back here safely and just have a great time. We hope you have a great time, and we hope that God speaks to you today. We are in a middle of a new series entitled, You Can Go to Hell. Now, that seems a little harsh. That's a harsh statement. You can go to hell. In fact, if you have ever said that phrase before, you probably were uh, meaning in a condescending way, in a very rude way, and uh, probably weren't really acting much like a Christ follower. But when it all boils down to it, the fact remains that you can go to hell. And you know, Jesus Jesus reminded us of that. In fact, if you read in the Gospels all the times that Jesus talked about hell, it's, it's pretty harsh. And it, it, what it is, it's a warning to us. It's a warning, much like when, when we warn our kids of certain things, sometimes we, we kind of paint a really scary picture in order to scare them a little bit to where they don't go in certain areas or close to the cliff, you know, or whatever. And so Jesus is basically saying the same thing to us. Look, you can go to hell. But what's great about it is that God has made a way for us to escape hell through his son, Jesus. In our first week, we talked about, uh, Jackson Grant actually talked about how hell was created and why it was created. It was really created for, for Satan and his angels and because um, they rebelled against God. And God said, you know, we're not going to have this. Uh, and so he, he created hell for Satan and his angels. Hell was not created for you. Hell was not created for me. We were not intended to, to, to go to hell. But because of sin in our life, because sin on this earth, we are condemned to hell. Now, God does not condemn us to hell. Let me make that very, very clear. Okay? We condemn ourselves to hell. People ask me all the time, why would God, who's a loving God, create a hell and then condemn us to it? And that's wrong. They don't understand. And it's easy to get that mixed up. God created hell for Satan, not for you. It's God's plan not for you to go there. Uh, God doesn't condemn us to hell. We condemn ourselves to hell through our actions and because of sin. And, uh, but obviously there's a way out of that through the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. God's one and only son came down to this earth and, and uh, took our place of death and uh, died on the cross with all of our sins intact and defeated death, hell, and the grave, rose again on the third day and reigns victorious and sits on his throne in heaven right now at this moment. And through the Holy Spirit, for those who have accepted Christ, lives in us, gives us power and ability to have freedom to walk in this life, knowing that Jesus forgives us us of our sin. And so uh, hell was not created for us. It was created for for, uh, Satan. and, uh, And God says, to hell with you, devil. Last week, we talked about the uh, get out of hell free card, almost like the, uh, the Monopoly game, get out of jail free card. It's good to have that get out of hell free card to be able to say, you know what, I- I'm good. You know, I-, I go to church and I'm sitting here, I'm listening to, to Pastor Frank and-, 
and I'm listening to these sermons, and, and, and that's great. And it's wonderful that you're here. But there are some things, and you can listen to last week's message. There's some things that, that you and I need to understand about following Christ. It's more than just a one sort of time decision uh, of following him. Now, it's not a decision, uh, it's not a, a uh, salvation experience all the time, day after day after day. It's not like, oh, I got to get resaved, resaved, resaved. It's not about that. Being saved is a one-time decision, okay, of, of accepting Christ, inviting him into your life, and asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin. But what many people don't realize is that there are things such as confession of our sin and then confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord, but then that's where people stop. Many Christians, young Christians, don't realize that there's an act of, um, of repentance. And repentance means that you're walking away. You're walking away from the things of the world and you're walking towards the cross. You're walking towards Christ. Okay, you're turning away from these things because if you and I say the sinner's prayer and we're living the life just like we lived before, there's some questions. We need to ask ourselves some serious questions. Am I really changed? Did I really allow Christ? Am I allowing Jesus to be complete Lord of my life? And then there's also a process of a big word called sanctification. We talked about that last week. Sanctification is becoming like Christ, little bit, day after day after day. You're going to fall. You're going to fail. That's fine. I fail. How many of y'all have ever failed on your Christian walk? That's great. If you haven't, you're lying. All right, good. So as you're, as you're walking this road of sanctification, you're going to trip up. You're going to mess up. But you know what? I would rather mess up on this road of sanctification, of becoming like Christ, than to trying to live my life on my own and try to save myself from hell because I can't do it. You can't do it. And so many people live this life, hey, I, get, I, I got my get out of hell free card. I'm in church. Are you really walking repentance? Are you walking in sanctification? Or did you just, just recite some prayers? Did you just get dunked in water? Did you just get wet with baptism? Yes, those things, are, those things are needed. Confession and then being baptized, telling others. But they're, you, if you're saved, you're doing some things. You're, you're, you're on that road of sanctification. You're sharing about Jesus on your walk. And I shared a bold statement last week. Listen, if Jesus is Lord of your life, you're going to tell others about him. And I'm not talking about just here at church. That's easy. That's easy. What's really bold is if you really love Jesus, you're going to tell about Jesus outside of your work. Because I, I know this for a fact. God has put people in your life that you can share Jesus. You can share hope. People say, man, my marriage is a wreck. Or I've got, I've got a family member who's got a terminal illness. Guess what? That's an indication. God is telling you, hey, you need to speak to this person, and you need to give them hope. Because guess what? If you're not sharing Jesus, do you really love him? And if you don't love him, then you need to ask yourself, man, do I really have Jesus in me? 
Do I, am I really saved? Because those are indicators that there is a change happening. Now, understand this. You're going to have seasons in your life where you're going to feel like, man, I'm close to God. Our students went to camp this past week. They had a great time. They're coming back. They're, they're like, man, I, I felt so close to God. God was there. A speaker was awesome. Music was awesome. And, and, and I just felt like, man, me and God, we're tight right now. But maybe a few months down the road, maybe when school gets started into the fall, you're going to feel like, man, I'm not really, I'm not really that close to God. I'm not really that close to God. There's going to be seasons of that. I totally get that. There's going to be seasons. There have been seasons in my life. I didn't feel like telling anybody, anybody about Jesus because me and God, we weren't really tight. I wasn't really close, and that's not his fault. That's my fault. And so there's going to be seasons, yes, but I'm talking about the complete journey, the journey of sanctification. You're going to want to tell others about Jesus, and that is the real get-out-of-hell free card, the one that has confession and repentance and sanctification and telling others about him. Well, this week, I'm going to talk, uh, this focus, uh, this message is going to focus on um, a message to fathers. Now, before you totally tune me out, everything I'm going to share today, you're, you're going to get something out of it. It is my prayer. I've already prayed that God would take this, use it, my little feeble words, you know, that, that he's given me, and, uh, and he would just use it, and the Holy Spirit would speak to your heart, whether you're a dad or not. But there are some things I'm going to share with dad. So if you're a father here today, uh, I, need you to, I need you to understand something. Um, there, there's, a, there's a heavy weight, and there's a burden on you. And God wants to help you with that. And so today's message is entitled, How to Lead Your Kids to Hell. How to Lead Your Kids to Hell. Say, so, well, why in the world would a minister share a sermon about how to lead kids to hell? I mean, that's not what we want. If your father here today, you're saying about that, I don't want my kids to go to hell. Well, that's great. I'm so glad. But we need to share with you, I feel like, I need to share with you that how to lead your kids to hell because I believe that there are many, many fathers out there in the world. Could be some here today. We don't, I don't know. It's between you and the Lord. You may know some, uh, some men uh, in your life that, that they don't realize that they are actually leading their kids to hell. And so what are some of, those, uh, some of those indicators. Well, number one, here's a way that you can lead your kid to hell. Allow them to find their own way. Allow your kids to find their own way. You know, there's an ideology floating around that says children should not be influenced by their parents to choose a certain religion, but rather be allowed to freely make their own choice. I have family members that have kids that have that ideology. They have that approach to parenting. Well, I don't want to influence my kids to choose whatever religion over the other ones, you know. So I'm just going to let them make their own choice. You know, 
You and I cannot make the eternal choice for our kids to follow Jesus. I can't make my kids follow Jesus. But what I can do is I can introduce them to Jesus. I can introduce my kids to Jesus. I mean, wouldn't you? We introduce our kids to other things. For example, you may have this in your house. You may have a, a family sports team. You know, we have a, we have a family sports team. My, my wife and I graduated from LSU. All of our kids cheer for the Tigers. They do, you know? It wasn't, you know, we didn't have a meeting around the, the dinner table. So, all right, if you want to ever eat at this house, you're going to have to cheer for the Tigers. You're going to have to watch every game, you know, uh, and, and whether it's gymnastics or football or baseball or, you know, track and field. I had my kids watch a track and field LSU. I'm like, wow, that's, that's incredible. We, we never sat down with them. We just like, this is what we do. This is what we do. But can I tell you, there are families that are like, hey, our family, we cheer for the dogs, you know, that we're a dogs family, or, you know, we cheer tech, or we're, we're roll tide, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that's, that's who we are. That's, that's great. But, but why don't we do that with Christianity? If you could do it with a sports team, why can't we do it with Christianity? Oh, our kids need to find their own way. Oh, they're going to find their own way, all right. Because guess what? There's someone who's stronger than you, Satan, who, is, who would take your child and warp their mind and lead them astray. And you've lost them. And you could, have, you could easily lose them for an eternity. And so it's no big deal to say, hey, we are a family that believes in Jesus Christ. Okay, that's who we are. Now, you can't tell your kids, hey, because you're in this family. We talked about that last week. Christian family heritage is, is one, one sort of get out of hell free card. Like, well, my, my mom and dad's a Christian, so I'm a Christian. No, no. That's not the case. And as a parent, you can't say, hey, because I'm a Christian, because you're, you're a Bennett, you're a Christian. No, it doesn't work like that. Okay? However, you could say as a family, the Bennett family, we believe in Jesus. Okay? We believe in Jesus. Why you're in this house, why you're in this house, we pray to only one God, the God. And so you can introduce them to Jesus. I love this in uh, Proverbs 22, 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. Dad, you need to train up your child in the way they should go in all areas, in every area, and yes, that is including following God's word and the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't save them. That's beyond your pay grade. You did die on the cross for them, and I know you didn't live a sinless life. But what you can do, you can pray for them. You can share God's word with them. You can introduce them to Jesus. So, if you want to lead your kids to hell, sure. Allow them to find their own way. Here's the second way you can lead. I got five of them. Here's the second way you can lead your kids to hell. Separate church life from home life. Now, what I'm sharing with you today are just, these are things that I have noticed over the years, many years of ministry 
and it's being a parent and uh, being a school teacher and being a, being a minister. These are just things I've noticed. But separating church life from home life is a way that you can lead your kids to hell. It's like, well, Frank, that didn't make sense. I mean, I bring them to church. Yes, that's great. But listen, separating what you talk about, what you experience at, at church from the rest of life is exactly what Satan wants you to do. It's exactly what he wants you to do. Because as the kids get older and they get the ability to be invited to parties and drive to parties, so Satan's going to share in their mind, hey, it's not Sunday. It's not Sunday. It's Friday. It's Friday. You know, you don't, you don't, drink, on, you don't drink on Sunday. You don't, you don't go to wild parties on Sundays. Oh, you don't even cuss on Sundays. But Friday, it's a different day. It's a different day. So the problem is, if we separate what we do at church from what we do at home, our kids will walk in through this life compartmentalizing their relationship with God and their relationship with Christ. It's not Sunday. It's Friday. It's Saturday night. Y'all, that is, a, that is almost an epidemic in the church as a whole. It's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Because Satan will tolerate your children going to church as long as they adopt the idea that what is done at church stays at church. So, how much of the music that we do on Sunday morning do you play in the car or around the house? Or maybe your kids catch you singing. How many? What about some Bible devotions? What about, what about praying? What about being intentional to bring the relationship of Jesus in to everyday life? You know, we like the picture of dad praying with that five-year-old child at the bedside. But please continue to do that as they get older, as they get older. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. Um, and I've, I've shared this many times. A lot of times when God gives me a message series or even just a single message, he, he wants me to hear it and work through it as well. So my kids don't know this yet, but there's, I've already got some devotionals I share with Suzanne a couple of books that I want our kids to start going through starting this week, this summer. And so I, I've got to be intentional and in spending time with them one-on-one and as a group and praying with them and to lead them. I pray for them. Suzanne prays for them. But as a dad, I need to do a better job of being intentional about bringing what we do on Sundays and bring it to every day of the week. Because Jesus is alive every day of the week. He's not just alive on Sundays. He's alive every day of the week. And so 
um, what are some tools, Dad, that you can get? You know, what's great about today's culture is that there's lots of tools that you and I can use to bring what we do on Sundays and bring it to our everyday life. For instance, there's, there's uh, tools like Spotify or, you know, Apple Music or Pandora where you can actually take what some, some of the songs we do here or just Christian songs and just bring it into your everyday life. There are uh, apps, there's a Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, which is free. The, I don't know if you know this, but there are devotionals that you have uh, there at your disposal for your kids, for your marriage, for your teenagers, whatever. There's lots of free stuff. You need to check them out. It's free. Have your kids do them. If they have an, uh, a smartphone, have them go through that and say, hey, I want you to walk through this and let's talk about it. I didn't have any of that growing up. Didn't have any of that growing up. You know, we, it's not like you have to go out and purchase a CD, okay, or an 8-track, you know, or cassette. Back in my day, man, I had to purchase a cassette tape if I want to, you know, have certain Christian music just kind of playing at my disposal at any time. Man, it's unbelievable what we have now. Our church also has um, a subscription to a thing called Right Now Media, Right now, media is awesome. It's got, it's all videos, and it's got tons of videos on how to strengthen your walk with Christ as an adult, as a child, as a teenager, a marriage, finance, all of this stuff. Right now, media, it's awesome. We pay, you pay for a subscription for that. But, it, but obviously, it's free. You can Log into it, and if you don't have a login, all you got to do is go to Connection Point after church, say, that right now media thing, that video subscription thing the pastor was talking about, I want that. You just ask, we'll get it for you. We'll make sure you have, you have a login and a password, because it is awesome. The, the app that, that Jackson just introduced, there's some great stuff on there. We were very intentional. We've been, uh, Jackson's been building that for the past few weeks, and we've been very intentional on giving you things. The prayer app, I'm so stinking excited about this. We can share prayer requests. I want you to share prayer requests, because guess what? I'm gonna open up in the morning, I'm gonna pray for you, and hope you pray for me as well. Of course, you can submit those anonymously if you have those kind of prayer requests. But you have all kinds of tools to, to bring Sundays to every day of the week. You know, Satan is fine with your kids getting one day with God if he can have the other six. Satan is okay. Satan is okay that your kids get one day with God if he can have the other six. You need to take those other six days and, and you, need to, you need to bring those back. You need to bring those back and you need to tell Satan Monday through Saturday it doesn't belong to you. And so... I want to encourage you to don't separate church life from home life, okay? So first one, if you want to send your kids to hell, you allow them to, to find their own way. Number two, you're going to separate church life from home life. Number three, talk negative about the church. Talk negative about the church. Look, I know the church is not perfect. No church is. In fact, Lake Point Church, and like every church, we're all full of hypocrites. We are. Guess what? Because we are sinners. 
We are. But let me tell you something. When, if you talk negative about the church, you're talking negative about the bride of Christ. Um, this, uh, this past week, Susanna and I celebrated 25 years together. It was awesome. Had a great time. Kids were at camp. We're like, woohoo, you know. And uh, we had an awesome time. Uh, re- revisited some places in North Carolina where we went for our honeymoon 25 years ago. But I tell you, I got back home to a very unique gift. And um, when I walked into our bedroom after our trip, there on the bed was a, um, was a portrait of my wife uh, in her wedding dress, her original wedding dress 25 years ago. So she surprised me because back when we got married, we, um, we did not have the funds to, um, to have bridal pictures. Now, we did the pictures after the service, you know, after the wedding and but, but standalone bridal pictures, we just didn't have the money for that. And I always regretted that. Some of my friends in high school, their, their wives had bridal pictures and all kinds of stuff. We just didn't do it. But Suzanne has been planning this for years. And she was very sneaky about it. And some of y'all were involved in that. I'm collecting names. But I appreciate you. But know this, that, um, that she surprised me with the picture, and, and, and we're going to show it up here on, on the screen. Isn't that awesome? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like me talking about her. But, you know, um, it was beautiful. It was amazing. And she, had, she took all, a bunch of pictures. Some of y'all probably saw that on a Facebook post. And, but, you know, what's interesting about the Facebook post is I never received any negative criticism about my bride. Because let me tell you what. I know some men in this church who are barely saved who will, who will take care of that for me. So, you know, and, 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 and a man would be foolish to, to talk negative about my bride. She's beautiful. And what she did was awesome. But you know what? You can, you could talk negative about the bride of Christ. You talking negative about my bride is the same feelings I have and probably even greater. God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're talking negative about my bride, the church, the bride of Christ. Jesus is like, hey, you, you've gone too far. And so I have met and I know many people, many especially guys and dads who talk negative about the church. So what are some negative comments about the bride? I, I, I've, there's probably several, but I've got three here real quick. Always, you're always talking about money. That's one negative thing that, that people say about the church. You know, we are always talking about money because we follow Jesus' footsteps. Jesus talked a lot about money. In in fact, Jesus talked more about money than he did about love. Why? Because Jesus wanted your heart. Because we know that 
your, your treasures connected to your heart, as it states in Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. But he knows your, your money, your treasure is connected to your heart. So he talks about money. Okay? So that's one, that's one critical thing, negative thing. A second one is, they sing songs I don't know. They sing songs I don't know. You know, the reason we sing songs you may not know is, be, is because you're either not coming as often as you should or you're, listen, or you're not listening to worship music outside of Sundays. Now, I know we have some, some guests here today, so I'm not really talking to you because you're like, man, I don't really know the songs today because, I mean, I don't really go here. And Man, I love this church. In fact, if I lived here, I'd probably go here more, and that's great. It's awesome. But listen, I'm talking to the people who either come here, um, you know, sporadically or whatever. Listen, if you don't know the songs, it's because you're not coming here enough. Or you're leaving Sunday things to be on Sunday. This other music stuff, I, I don't want to listen to that during the week. Now, I'm not saying that you got to listen to worship music all the time. I mean, I've got my, I've got my playlist you know, I mean, I don't listen to, you know, trashy stuff, but I've got my playlist. I, got, I like a little bit of country. I'm, a, I'm not a Merle Haggard guy, but, you know, more of the, more of the modern stuff. But listen, we've got a, a, a great mix of music that we can listen to. And so I would encourage you to bring that worship in. I love listening to the worship music. When I'm driving or, you know, or if I'm working out in the yard, I like to listen to worship music. It just does something for the soul. You know, we, we, we really can't worship to Thomas Rhett or Def Leppard, you know, uh, here at, at church. And uh, um, so we're not going to be playing some of that. But some of the songs we do, I want to encourage you. To bring that into your day. Um, also, I want to encourage you. Dads, I want to encourage you to sing in church. You know, if you, if you don't know the songs, I would encourage you to come more often and even use some of, uh, play some of the songs uh, at, um, uh, you know, during the week. But I would encourage you uh, to sing in church. I know most of you guys don't have good voices. Okay, it's fine. It's no big deal. But let me tell you, your kids deep down... They like to see you sing. In fact, there's, there's few things greater in my mind than a dad singing praises to Jesus and their family watching them and being a part of that. So I would encourage you, you know, don't, don't, don't talk negative about the church, about songs you don't know. Another is this, um, stepping, on my to- stepping on my toes, they're always stepping on my toes. Pastor, you're stepping on my toes right now. Well, sometimes the pastor's got to do what a pastor's got to do. Just trying to warn you. You know, they're always, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being judged when people, when I go to that church. Can I tell you something? Um, judgment is condemnation, okay? Uh, God does not condemn. Jesus does not condemn. In fact, in John 3, 17, I did not come into the world to condemn the world. Okay, he said it after John 3, 16. And so we, we are not here to condemn. Any condemnation is coming from the enemy. Someone looks at you, you're like, oh, that person's looking at you. 
They're judging you. That's condemnation. That's coming from the enemy. Now, there is conviction. Conviction is good. Conviction is good. All right? Like you, you run a, a stoplight. Oh, you're convicted of that. I mean, I, I feel bad about that, you know? Or obviously bigger things. Conviction is good. The Holy Spirit will convict, will not condemn. So, but just like working out, just like working out, guys, if you want your body to be better, if you want to have better muscular physique, then it's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to hurt a little bit. Just like your walk with Christ, just like your faith. Faith is a muscle, and you have to build it. You have to exercise it. And one of the ways you're exercising your faith is that you're listening to the sermon right now. And so that may hurt a little bit. That's fine. That's okay. Faith is a muscle. And so don't be negative about the church by saying, oh, they're always talking about money, or they're singing songs I don't know, or stepping on my toes, and those are just three. You probably have more things. But don't talk negative about the bride. Because let me tell you, when you talk negative about the bride, your kids will hear you, and you're just driving them away from the church. And you could possibly be leading them on a path of not choosing Christ and just going to hell. Number four, don't prioritize the church. This is another way you could be leading your kids to hell. And, you know, imagine your kid decided, ah, I really don't want to go to school this week, or I really don't want to go to the football practice. You wouldn't have any of that. You wouldn't have that. You would say, you'd say something like, ah, I don't think so. You're going you're gonna to get your butt up. You're going to go to school. You're going to go to football practice or whatever practice because you're committed to that. But do we do the same thing with church? Do we do the same thing in church? We, we've, got to, we've got to prioritize the church. If exercising the faith muscle by going to church is not as important as attending school or athletic practice, then you could be leading your kids to hell. You know, in fact, I would encourage you, bring your family to church. Don't just come to church to make your wife happy. Don't just come to church to make your wife happy. Come to church. Bring your kids to church. Because I know this, because I've seen it around my house. If it's important to dad, then it's important to the kids. If the kids see you passionate about something, then they're going to be passionate about something. They're going to catch it. And so you want to um, make sure church is important because if you don't go to church, you're only giving a kid a reason not to attend church. If you don't go to church, you're only giving your kids a reason not to attend church. And let me tell you, that will carry over into adulthood. And the last way you can lead your kids to hell is this. Never connect bad choices with sin. Never connect bad choices with sin. Let me explain. Jesus took care of your child's sin on the cross. Your kids can walk in freedom 
from sin by giving it to Jesus. But if they never give their sin to Jesus, then they are left carrying the heavy burden of their bad choices on their own. Your kids struggle with their bad choices more than you realize. Your job, dads, and if you're a single mom, it's your job. Your job as a spiritual leader in your home is to help your kids not become a product of their bad choices. Not to identify themselves as someone who just makes bad choices. This leads to a life of guilt, depression, loneliness, and other life-threatening choices or results. If they truly understand that their bad choices are sin, then guess what? They can confess that sin to God and ask Jesus to cleanse their hearts. Y'all, this is huge. Dads, please teach your kids to confess their sin. If they've done something wrong, pray with them. Let them know what you've done is a sin. But guess what? You don't have to carry that. You can walk in freedom. You can give that to Jesus. And then, you know, follow up with some more prayer, maybe Bible devotional or something. But listen, kids who walk in this life with making bad choices, whether they're a believer or not, they're making bad choices. They're having to carry that. And then you combine that with social media stuff. Kids do awful things to themselves. So I want to encourage you. You need to make sure that you teach your kids that the bad choices they make is sin and that Jesus can take away that sin. They confess that sin and they repent from it and live a life of sanctification. So, dads, please teach your kids how to confess their sin. And one of the best ways you could do that is confess your own sin. Confess your own sin. Say, man, I own that. I, I, I'm sorry. And then get on your knees and ask Jesus to forgive you. Ask Jesus to forgive you. You know, um, I know I've got, I know I've got some single moms in here. You say, well, Frank, you know, they're what you're saying is that's great and all, but I'm I'm really in a situation where I don't. My kid doesn't have that that father every day in his life, and I get that. But listen, there's some things that you'll have to do. Absolutely. But also, there are some father figures in your life that you may not realize. There's a grandparent. We have men in our church. If you have a student, okay, Joe Savitari, our student minister, can be a great father figure. We've got elders in the church who could be a great father figure for your child. We've got elders in the church who have children, young children. They could be father figure for your kids. 
Don't do this alone. Don't do this alone. So I just want to make sure that I just felt like I needed to share that. So as I close, let me say that I know firsthand of what I share with you today. And this is a lot of the reason why I felt like God was telling me this. In fact, this is the first sermon title that God gave to my spirit as he was telling me, I need you to talk about hell. And then one of the things I want you to say is how to lead your kids to hell. Because let me tell you what, I know firsthand what that feels like. Because my father, my father led me to hell. And dad, if you're watching or if you're listening, I'm sorry if you're being blunt. But it's true. But by the grace of God, I had people in my life, other father figures, other spiritual giants who took me under their wing and led me in a path of knowing Jesus. They introduced me to Jesus. And if you're sitting here today saying, Frank, you know, I'm... I didn't really do any of those, or actually I did some of those things You're, you just mentioned. I feel like I led my kids to hell. Now, my kids are too old, or maybe they're out of the house, or what do I do? It, it, it's, it's not too late. You can make up for lost time. Call them today. They're probably going to call you today, and I'm going to encourage you to do things, set things right. And the best way to do that is, is to give your heart to Jesus. You can't introduce someone to Jesus if you don't know Jesus. It's like I can't introduce you to someone I don't know. That would be silly. So if you want to introduce someone to Jesus, you've got to know Jesus. You've got to know him. And I want to encourage you today to get to know Jesus. And I pray that my father, my dad, would come to know Jesus.